Hello, and welcome to episode 60 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. This week, Sean and I are discussing the topic of risk management. So, with that, let's go ahead and start the show. Hello, Sean. How's it going? Good, Les. How are you? I am doing fine. Another week of uh, man versus business podcasting. <laughs> yes, here we are going through another another topic, and I think you know a topic that could be pretty much in uh, an in depth topic is what I'm trying to say. Well, and it can be you know pretty much in any environment. So you know most of our topics evolve around um, you know business facets, um, but today we thought we'd t- touch on. Uh, risk management. So I think one of the reasons why risk management is so important is the fact that it can be used and performed anywhere. I mean, literally anywhere. I completely agree. In your personal life, in your business life, and in whatever segment of your life that uh, that you operate in, I think calling it risk management is is somewhat of a fancy title, but, but really everything you do, you, you try to weigh the risk that you take and, and risk has a connotation of being bad, but, but to me, risk is, it's a scale of, of just whatever is and how, and how you approach the activity that you're going to undertake. You know, talking about the wording for just a second, I can't think of any, any other better way of, of, of stating it because it really is simple as that, you know, just kind of adding it to the um, the process of where I was first inter- introduced to it, and that is uh, within the ISO standard where it talks about uh, preventive action. Well, what the standard realized was, hey, there's a bigger picture here that we need to address other than dealing with just preventive activity. Uh, we need to be dealing with it all across the board, and that's where they came up with uh, the aspect of introducing risk management all across the all across the value stream. So from a work perspective, it's really no longer just trying to think about things that are uh, just areas that you can prevent incidents from coming uh, from coming into play, but it's about uh, dealing with the risk at a bigger level and figuring out how to mitigate the risk. So to me, there's two halves to this that we need to discuss. First is the identification. The second is doing something about it. (laughs) Yeah, and doing something about it ahead of time where the cost to mitigate it is a lot less than if you waited until the activity that you were worried about that you wanted to that you wanted to prevent if if it does happen or if as you get closer to that happening the, the cost and effort to to have a positive outcome out of whatever risk you were you were concerned about um, will be a lot more so and I go back to you know my favorite word of this whole series of podcasts and, and it's planning you plan you have to plan for everything so so and thinking ahead that's why whenever. I, I'm talking to people, and, and there's a an issue. People, whether issue is the right word, or people say, "Hey, I've got a problem." You know what? Those are all good things, and that's why I became an engineer to solve problems. It's not whether the problem's good or bad; it's a problem. Okay, what are you going to do to fix it now that you got there? What right. we're talking about here, what we're talking about here, is risk mitigation and risk management, 
how do we now, a couple of steps ahead of being in this position, how do we prevent any of these issues, problems, hurdles, whatever you want to call them, from happening? Yeah, I know one of the things I've, I've done within our organization is just use the word constantly, and that started to help change the culture of thinking about it um, because um, most people's tendencies in most organizations just don't have the habits of thinking about risk. They go about their day of just doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, they crunch the numbers. They fill out the forms. They just do what they've been told to do, and they don't question risk. So I think the first thing we ought to touch on is is really what are we talking about or what are some examples of what we're talking about when we start talking about risk. So if you think about the front end of the business, how would you how would you start thinking about risk in the front end of the business in your world? Well yeah one of the first things that I think about and what I've discussed with the team is you've got a forecast of bookings in the front end of the business. You've got a forecast of bookings and that forecasted, you know, bookings, once they become orders, flows through the organization as, as, you know, revenue and whatever margin you generate. So, so when you're looking at the front end of the business, you've got a number that is supposed to feed the, feed the beast, the pipeline for the amount of, of headcount that you have and the amount of materials that you have to buy and everything like that. The way, to, the way to look at the front end of the business from a risk standpoint is, okay, well, what happens if we only get half of that forecasted bookings level? Right. Okay? That's the bad side. Well, the other side is what happens if we get three times as much? Yeah. Right? Because you've built your organization to support whatever you're forecasting with, of course, a little bit of play in either direction. But what happens if you blow it out and you get three times the bookings that you expected? Will you disappoint your customers by not having an infrastructure to support that? So, so that's a way of looking at risk from the front end of the business. Right. And, and I think both of those examples are good because it gives you both a negative risk activity and a positive risk activity. Both of them are risks, like you were saying. Uh, one of them has a strong um, connotation of how you should handle uh your business from survival standpoint the other one uh well i guess the other one is from a survival standpoint too because it could make you grow too fast it could make you hire too many people you know it could you know tear up your infrastructure as opposed to other work that's flowing through there so you're right both of them are risk both directions right and so what do you do what do you do to mitigate that that's 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 the thing that has to be looked at and like what you were saying in your organization of using the word and the term risk, I, I completely agree. And I would have said the same thing by what, what I try to bring up whenever there is an issue that people are discussing or, you know, we're thinking ahead. I, I put it in those terms and say, it's just a matter of risk. It's a matter of risk and how we handle it. And right. so planning ahead to mitigate the risk one way or another, there's no, there's no to me, there's no reason to get excited and upset and, you know, worried and agita and everything like that. When you just, when you just put it in that category of, Hey, it's a risk. What do we do now? Hey, good thing we thought about it. The the thing I like is once the, once these issues rise to the discussion level in a management meeting, Hey, that means we've thought about it. Now, did we think about it with enough time to do something to, to make it, to mitigate it. To mitigate it, you know, and I, and I don't want to use the same terms over and over again, to, 
really it's to have the outcome as the best possible solution to whatever it is that we that we thought of. So right. So okay. So go back to yeah. I kind of digress there. So go back to you know my front end example of well, what do you do if you blow out the sales forecast and you've got three times the bookings? Well, I think the thing that helps is having stages. Hey, if we if we are here, we have to look and see you know here meaning a month into the forecast. If we are at a plus, you know, 120%, then we know it's going to be a good year and we better make, we better start making some changes. If we are at, you know, a 0.6 of what our forecast, forecast is, you know, we're only 60% of where our forecast is of where we're supposed to be and we're two months into the year. Well, then we better start shedding or, or figuring out how to manage our costs. So right. to me, it's, it's a, it's almost a stage gate process. That's another topic that we can talk about stage gate processes for projects. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let me write it down. <laughs> that's right. It's still, the, it's the same concept. You have to, you have to think of the issue, plan ahead, and then measure your progress through it so that you can, you can react nimbly. Oh, I like that. Um, I think the other thing we need to make sure people understand is that um, risk is not only for the example that you gave there. I think of kind of as a broad activity. Uh, it even uh, risk should be even handled down in the detail. Um, so an example of that would be if you've received an order and you're going through the requirements of that order. The fact that you're going through and addressing before you maybe issue an acknowledgement to the customer, you're addressing all the details of that order in some sort of formal fashion uh, and knowing what answers you have and what answers you don't have. Again, that's that's all part of understanding risk. Uh, we catch, I know our organization catches quite a few things during that stage that we, if we address at that point, we've now lowered our risk and in fact we'll even put uh, risk ratings on orders uh, based on the outcome of that meeting you know if this is this order going to be a higher risk or a low risk or you know things like that now are you saying is this something that you do after you receive the order this is this particular activity is something we do once we receive a PO from a customer, mm -hmm. but before we issue an acknowledgement back to them. Okay, All right. we so we actually will sit down, and and of course we don't do it on every order. There are some uh, uh, guidelines. You know, it, obviously we, if we get an order for a pump, we're not gonna we're not gonna do it on that. It's mainly on uh, assembled product, and this meeting can be a five minute meeting or it could be a. 30-minute meeting, uh, depending on the complexity of the order, uh, we'll actually sit down and just make sure that everybody has understood the scope of work and the PO that we just received from the customer. Is there any gaps in the things we need to know about? And it, it gets the sales guy um, and the team on the same page before we issue an acknowledgement back to the customer. And we've just found that that mitigates a lot of risk uh, when we do that. Uh, we go rolling into the job much cleaner because of that. Yeah, and it's similar, similar to my experience. Um, I worked for a company many, many years ago, and we did big jobs, mostly in the multi-millions, in the tens of millions of dollars. And right. what, what you had to review prior to submitting the bid was have a risk review as well as a financial review and a scope review with right. upper management. 
Yeah. And the, and the tool that we used, and I think it's an invaluable tool, and I've used it since, is to have a risk listed. What it would cost if it was a hundred percent, if it if it hundred percent happened. What you, how much it would cost for you to mitigate? So now I'm thinking, think of a spreadsheet now, and, and it would be easier if people could see my hands showing columns and rows. <laughs> okay. He's a mime. Yeah, I'm a mime. Yeah. He's miming. Yeah, even though I'm Irish, my hands are Italian when I when I explain things. So you know what what would it take? So hey, you acknowledge this risk, and boy, if you forgot about it, it would cost us this much to the project. Well, then, if you can mitigate that risk, how much would it cost for you to mitigate that risk? And now what would the resulting percentage of that risk happen if you spent a couple of dollars to mitigate the risk? Okay. And now you multiply out the values of what that risk would cost. And you would come up with you would come up with a project dollar value of risk based on the number of of uh, items that you have that could come up as a risk factor in the project. So, you know, you know, a lot of people when they have a project and they put in, oh, well, you know, a contingency factor, I'm going to put a contingency factor of 10%. Two things I have for that. First of all, what does it mean? What are you going to use it on? And, and really, have you thought through the project, if you just put a lump sum contingency at the bottom of the, the estimate for the job? No, you, you just said, hey, my gut feeling is that we might be under by 10%. So I'm yeah. going to put this money in there. The other, the other thing, the other thing is, so with that first one, what my point was is that it makes you think more about the project and then the execution of, pro- of the project. Yes. The other side of it is, is what we had to do was to put a cleared date. So if there was a risk that you thought of that if you did a mitigating factor and and you you cleared the risk. So say the risk was, hey, deliver deliver raw materials by May 1st. If that doesn't happen, it's going to cost us X dollars, okay? And you have that money in your contingency factor or in your risk factor at the bottom in your in your estimate. Well, right. if it's if it's $100 is is the is the resultant risk by not having it delivered May 1st. And you get your raw material before May first. Well, that hundred dollars is no longer available for the rest of your risk. It goes to the bottom line and margin, and the financial people like that. Sure, it doesn't. It doesn't just fall into a big bucket that you can have a big oops later on and have it covered. Yeah. If you have an oops later on, then then you have to understand where did you go wrong in that oops. You just don't have a big a big pot of money then to take care of the the risk that you thought was going to cost $10,000 all of a sudden it cost $20,000. So if it costs $20,000, well you have to explain how did you miss the $10,000 estimated risk that you put in in the job. So the thing that I like is if if risks pass, if the date that the risk is supposed to be uh done by, you know, like a like a schedule issue or or something something that you expect could happen in the project and you've got a dollar value against it to cover it if that date passes then those dollars go to gross margin right the bottom line yep you know and I, one of the things you brought up in that that uh, topic there was i think the way risk is dealt with the best is making sure of two things you have a good tool in place mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think if you're just going to sit and talk about risk, 
that's a good starting process for managing risk, but it's not a very mature process for managing risk. You need to start thinking about some tools to help you go through a good risk process. And of course, you have to understand your processes, you have to understand your product, and you have to understand your organization to be able to do that. But at some point, you should really develop some tools to make sure that you um, are touching on risk appropriately. The second thing is, is the fact that you want to make sure you're addressing risk at the right point in your process. And nine times out of ten, it's... The earlier, the better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. You know, so obviously we started at the front end of the business for a reason because let's say you don't want to address risk such as design or in a company um, standpoint, address, um, you know, your, your current uh, financial status. After all four quarters are done, yeah. it's pointless. <laughs> it's it's now a, um, a it's now a lagging indicator. Mm-hmm. It's not leading anymore. <laughs> so uh, again, make sure that you're addressing risk at the appropriate points in the process because you want. You want it to be able to help you as, you know, something moves forward, whether it's a job or a bigger picture process or uh, whether it's just information in general that's helping to support something. Um, So I I think that those are two things that uh, you need to think about when you start tackling the idea of risk. Uh, Come up with visible tools, um, you know, so... In the example I gave, we actually have a form that we use for every job uh, that when we sit down and have that meeting, it it asks us all the questions. And do we have all the questions in there? No. But when somebody goes, hey, we didn't ask this question, we revise the form and put it on there so that next time we ask the question. Right. You know, you're obviously not going to get it right the first time or even the first five times, but just Improve it. If that form gets to revision 22, then so be it. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> well, yeah, and I, actually the point that I was going to bring up is what, you know, after some time, you, you may already have a tool that could supply the questions for your risk analysis. And you that's might. Your, that's your nonconformance sheet. Oh, your yeah, correct, sure. And your corrective action sheet. Yes. You know, if, if you've had to have nonconformances and corrective actions, well, then things went wrong. <laughs> So, exactly right. So are those are those things grouped together as a, a category of risk that should be addressed up front? So those are tools that help you mm-hmm. uh, improve the gaps that something may have in the front of the business. Why did you have that nonconformance or why did you have to create that corrective action? Well, because this happened at the front of the order. Well, now how can you take and make sure that on the next order that question is asked so as to help make sure it doesn't happen again? You know, is it is it the full answer? Maybe, maybe not, you know, but is it an answer to help lessen the risk? That's right. You know, risk will never go away, you know, it. but it's one of those infinite lines that if you continue to work to get it to closer and closer and closer and closer and closer, then, you know, you're obviously making a difference in the organization. Right. And, and you know, people can argue with, the, the term risk, you know, everything's a risk, being in business is a risk. And yeah, you know what? Walking across the street's a risk. <laughs> right. So, so I, I would, 
and that popped into my head because I can just picture people wanting to wanting to not address the issues by kind of broad brushing the word and, and making the word not not important. And my counsel to everybody out there and, and even to myself during during times of trial and tribulation with people trying to say, hey, it's not important. It's, you know, everything's risky is to is to try to make sure that they understand that it is a it's a process of improvement by yes. thinking about risk and planning ahead. There's my my good P word. My middle name is Patrick. So I should I should change it to to, to Sean planning. Well, and mine's Paul. Yeah, so both of us. We yeah, planning. Both P's. We, can, we can be we can be uh, change our names to planning because planning. Less plan and Sean plan. Yeah, exactly. Everything, everything. If you plan ahead and mm-hmm. think through the system to the end, then you have a higher probability of things working out well. You're right. You're mimicking that continuous improvement um, cycle. So, you know, if you look at the uh, that dimming wheel of plan, do, check, act, mm-hmm. plan, do, check, act, and it's always a wheel that's going up a hill, you know, is the image that I always see everybody uh, through a diagram portray it as, you know, that's kind of what we're talking about here with risk. You're constantly dealing with it, going through it over and over and over again. Yeah. So, I mean, although you don't want to think of, you know, it was a Greek mythology in Sisyphus rolling the, rolling the rock up and then <laughs> right back down. That, that seems like something in hell that you'd be doing forever. <laughs> So we'd like to make sure that work is not hell. Work should be fun. That's right. Yes. You're exactly right. I can't believe your brain went there. <laughs> you know, I was just thinking to myself, um, a, a non-business um, um, example of this would be crossing a street. What did what did the uh, Department of Transportation start training everybody to do? So that you, you try to cross the street more safely. You look left, you look right, and you look left again. And they thought that that, po- that process would reduce the risk of somebody getting hit. Okay, so, so if you're in the UK, you have to look right. Right. Left and then right. You're, you're killing me here, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's Thursday. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, as my grandfather would say, abstraperous. Extrapers. I haven't heard that one before. I know, right? So I think that, you know, Sean's right that, you know, risk you can put towards anything and everything. And, you know, um, uh, I think that at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is make sure we're, you know, from a business sense, making sure that we're addressing all the possible permeations as much as possible so as to help make sure that work proceeds as cleanly as possible, if I mm-hmm. find the right words. I mean, that's that's at the end of the day what we're tr- we're trying to do, and we all realize that business is complicated, and we're trying to uncomplicate it as much as possible. We're not yeah. trying to make it more complicated. We're trying to uncomplicate it. <laughs> you know exactly, and one of the things that I've been thinking about, and and I think about consultants that are out there, and I've had. I shouldn't say run-ins, but <laughs> I've worked with <laughs> consultants. Um, and you know what? They they tell you 
kind of the same thing over and over again. It doesn't matter what topic you, you bring them in, and I and I don't mean to I don't mean to disparage consultants. I wouldn't mind being a consultant. You're not bashing bashing on consultants no, and, and helping people out. But when you think about it, put a put up a mind map, right? And and throw mm-hmm. up risk and throw up process improvement and, and plan do check act. You know there there's a huge theme behind it all, and yes. it's just a matter of taking those puzzle pieces and laying them out so you tell a story. You tell a story of how you do your work. Yeah. And what and what parts of the story of how you do your work can then be easily conveyed to the rest of the organization as well as to the customers outside of your organization. You're right, because at the end of the day, everything we're talking about are just tools. Yes. They're tools that help support you know, a, a bigger picture, you know, and whatever you want to call that bigger picture, there's many names for it. I'm, you know, I'm, but, but really at the end of the day, risk is just one of those tools that can help you, uh, get out of quagmire. <laughs> you like that? Going today. You, you like that word? Quagmire. Quagmire. <laughs> um, you know, and one of the things that struck me in, in our conversation here that I'd like to, you know, think that it's somewhat of an, whether it's an epiphany or, or just a broad view of, of how we do work and why you and I less are doing this. Huh. It, these are tools. These are tools. These are processes. But then I want to jump to, hey, the way people get things done and the better businesses, or that's not the right way of putting it, the, 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 the more productive and successful businesses, is it the people that they have implementing these tools, managing the groups? So that's where I'm I'm kind of stumbling uh, around it. But what I want to say is that all these tools, and just like I said, the consultants coming in with the same kind of, of verbiage, really get amplified and leveraged by the people you have taking part in these processes and championing, championing these these events sure and, you know so i i kind of wanted to get it away from the the boring old hey risk management and process maps and mind mapping all this stuff you know what it's the people that you have leading groups and the people that you have in the groups that are are executing on the plan driven by good leaders that they want to follow really is what allows you to get through the day the week the year and feel good about it which sounds like our next topic. What? People. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not. Well, yeah, no, I, and, and I, I am. I'm, 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 I'm big into the people part of work. As well as all companies should be. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, without people... What are we doing? Uh, exactly. You know, there's. You can go off into a whole uh, theoretical uh, discussion on uh, why we exist and all that kind of stuff. But the, at the end, of the, people people need to feel important. They need to feel like work is important. They need to feel that what they're doing is making a difference. And all of this uh, can be part of that. And you're right. 
people are probably the most valuable asset to any company. So you want to make sure that you've got the right people in doing any of these things that we've been uh, we've been talking about, and that's why I think that that might be a, a topic for us. You know what? At that some might. Point. Okay. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Not to. Did I get your brain going there? <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it's it's the it's the gap, the bridging the gap between between these tools that we have and and actually getting it done successfully, and it's yeah. it's how the people do it, and, and maybe. Um, that is a good topic. So I think in summarizing this, I think with going back to the, the boring part, risk management. <laughs> it's exciting for me because I put it on a spreadsheet. So yeah, there you go. It's on a spreadsheet. Um, it's great. Um, you know, the, 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 if your organization is not performing any sort of risk management, you are at risk. high risk. So I think that's a a great way of summarizing this. Is there a, is there like an infinite loop in that statement there somewhere? Reference. Yes. (laughs) From, from third grade English, you're not supposed to use the word in the definition of the word. Uh, So um, do you have anything else you want to add to this conversation? Summarize it or anything? I don't think so. I, okay. Fun, fun topic though, for sure. Yeah, this is a good one. Well, we appreciate uh, everybody listening. We'll go ahead and close out this uh, session for this week, and we will be back with you all next week. So, Sean? Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week. Mm